recorded live. Thank you. 
Yo, yo, 
little bit of Facebook. Uh, it's your boy Brandon. And uh, just about to leave here at the church. And just want to give you guys a encouragement today. This is reach song that means a lot to me and I'm going to sing it a lot, but there you Definitely don't sing anything like my sister Sasha Cowan sings. Uh, it's still it's true. I just want to encourage you guys tonight. I'm going to start the school. Let us get in your spirit. Let us be true to you. There's power in the kingdom. I just want to encourage you this. Not only can you break your
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to his name. We'll get our music situated here. Uh, good morning, family and friends. Again, we are here because of his mercy and grace. Not because we're so good, but because he's good. He's good all the time. Amen. We thank God, the Most High, Yah, for an opportunity such as this day to do his perfect will. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to go right on into the word. We're going to start with... uh, First Peter, we left off First Peter uh, 3 and 13 from yesterday. Let's go to our opening scripture. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Our opening scripture is found in Isaiah, Isaiah 61. That would be, let me get this back to Charlotte. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. We're blessed this morning. The Lord has been doing all the things that he said he would do. Uh, we just got to stay in step with him this morning. Believe on his name and do the things that he has commended us to do. And if we do what the words say for us to do, then there's guarantee on you having done what you need in your life this moment. Amen. May not come when you want him to, but he will be on time. Amen. I have a beautiful testimony of how the Lord moved for his children when they act upon the word of faith. We talked about faith, hope, and all the beautiful things that go along with those wonderful words. Glory to God. Amen. Isaiah 61, it reads as following. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Excuse me, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the all of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Excuse me, please. Excuse me. That they may be called trees of righteousness, planting of the Lord, that he may be the Lord of God. Excuse me. Heavenly Father, we come this morning for no shape, form, or fashion, but we come because you said men ought to pray and not faint. I thank you this morning, Father, for this podium of family and friends that you have placed me on. I pray likewise for all of your people that you called to this place. I pray for wisdom knowledge and understanding 
We ask you, Lord, if you forgive us of every sin. That, Father, we repent this morning. Asking you, Father, to forgive and to bring healing and deliverance in the life of your people. And then, Father, we ask you to touch right now the program, the years that we're here, that they too may be changed. Thank you for working deep down in the inside of our hearts. Thank you for giving us desire and opportunity to be able to stand and to give your word as you have given it to us. And, Father, we want to be faithful in doing your work. So we ask you, Father, to touch the hearts of those speedily that you're going to use in these last days, in these last hours, that we may bring men to you and folks may be saved and come out of the fire. We thank you, we honor you, we praise you, we worship you this morning, and we give it all over into your hands now. God, be glorified in this place the ears that we hear. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. God bless you this morning. We're so glad to have you here with us this morning in the room. We certainly pray and hope that the words that proceed out of my mouth are blessing the listeners and that we are acting upon what we hear. And through hope and faith, we are obtaining, we are obtaining the things that we need. So we thank him this morning. Man, I have a beautiful testimony. Uh, sister, she had a, I think it was Monday, she complained about the AC unit the house wasn't working. And uh, I told my wife, I said, well, she hadn't called and asked me to look at it. I'm not an AC repairman for home, for being a home owner. I understand the schematics of an AC unit. An uh, AC unit only have three components, forward, pre-on. That's the capacitor, the fan motor, the capacitor, the fan motor, and the compressor. Of course, you have your coils and you have your uh, your condenser and your freon. But I'm speaking of the unit down on the ground. But anyhow, she called me. I took a, a breaker. A breaker kept flipping, so I took the panel loose. And when I took the panel loose, I, um, she wanted to change the breaker. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, if this breaker keeps jumping, something is causing it to jump. You ain't going to replace the breaker and think that's going to do the trick. When the wires is 115 degrees, you know, the wire was very, very hot uh, uh, there in the um, breaker box. So I said, well, your compressor, is overloading, it's sending out too much, this, uh, your AC unit is, is pulling too many volts and causing your your main breaker, not the AC breaker, but the main breaker in the house was getting hot, 125. But anyhow, as it went on, some people had moved uh, on the street that I live on, and they have signs on their automobile that they're AC technicians. And uh, I called the man up. And I explained to him that I'm the guy with the big white van that's parked on the side of the street. I'm your neighbor, and I have a situation with a sister. AC has stopped, and she has a rare form of disease that she can't have heat. And please, when you can, as urgent as you can, 
go by and see about that sister and do whatever it takes to get her some AC in her house. So he said, well, I'll be there at 10, but he didn't come at 10. He made it at 11.30 because he probably was tired. He worked sometimes 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. I'll be out watering the grass, and I'll see him working or coming in for work Think to sell on AC unit. He uh, got over there, and he told her, your AC compressor's out, going bad, $800 for a new one, excuse me, uh, $500 for a used one. So he said, I'll be back. And then I talked to him, and I told him, I said, look, whatever she has to work with, uh, work with her with that, and then uh, I'll try and help and do whatever I can. That's why I try to tell everybody, you know, sow seeds into a place that you know your seed is going to continue to grow because you never know what may what you may need. And myself being the type of person that don't hold anything dear to me, I'd rather see you have what you need and I would make do. You know, if we were having an air conditioning problem around here, you know, we just go to the hotel. It's not that we have it like that. It's just that I live by faith, and I'll whoop out one of them credit cards and let the Lord pay for it later. But everyone is not able to do that. So, but anyhow, the guy acted up on the word of faith, and last yesterday I got a text from her. Uh, no, my wife called me yesterday at about 6.45, and she said the man still haven't made it back. So I sit there and I ponder in my heart, Lord, you know, you know, make him remember her. And when I went to get my telephone again to see had anyone called, a guy named Robert, I was talking to him about the AC. He called. So when I called him back, he says, I have a five-ton, a five-ton compressor. The neighbor gave it to me for free, so I ain't got any money in it. So then, about 10 minutes after that, I called her to tell her that I just got to talk to the AC tech, and the AC tech said that he's got to go home and make sure that the compressor is good. And by that time, she said, oh, they're pulling up in another truck. They're pulling up in another truck with another man. And I got the text message at 1121. Praise God, my air is fixed. When you hold on to God's promises, when someone that walks in faith is telling you, don't be in despair, go out there in your car, you know, turn the air conditioner on, it's going to be all right tonight. You got to believe. You got to speak what you want and not what you don't. You don't want to be speaking, Lord, I hope I don't have to go through a night here without AC. I can't make it. I told her, I said, I need for you to get in faith and believe that I'm not going to sleep tonight without AC in your house. If I had to go down to a a, a Home Depot and buy an AC unit, I told her, and stick it in the window. She had this happen about six years ago. We went down and bought her AC unit, stuck it in her window. And sometimes you have to go out of your way and help people. You can't be selfish always thinking about you. You know, 
if if your hands are closed, that means that you can't receive. And having a closed hand is not going to get your needs met. And so she's happy. The AC man, they charged us $600. Of course, she didn't have the money. But, you know, I put my neck on the line, and I told her, man, by all means, whatever it takes, do it and whatever she has, you know, take that, and we'll work some type of plan out with you if you let us. And I don't even know the guy. The guy been living out in that house maybe three weeks, and I don't know anything about him. But the guy, he understood what I said. He said, oh, sure. He said, oh, sure, we, 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 we can help her. The last AC man told her her AC unit was getting ready to go out, and it's too old. She needed a new unit, and that'll cost her two thousand dollars. The father has the last say so. So I want you all to be encouraged this morning. No matter what you're going through today, no matter what you've been through, no matter how many turndowns you've had, don't worry about it. You cling to this word and be concerned about someone else's needs. Because the word of God said, as you would, that men should do unto you, do you even all sorts of them? For this is the law and the prophet, Matthew 7 and 12. So I believe the word this morning. I'm living, I'm, I'm, I'm a living example. Then I went on and did some other ministry work yesterday. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me concerning the fathers. And I've been going to the to the fathers 50 and 60 years of age and speaking with them concerning our sons, concerning how that we used to have uh, uh, a time where men would talk to these boys. You know, I had uh, older guys always speaking in my life and telling me, boy, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go down here and blah, blah, blah. Don't you go down there on that corner down there where them boys at down there. You don't need to be down there with them. I know your mama. You know, they, 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 they know what type of home, what my background was, but I didn't want to be who my mother was raising me to be. I wanted to be like everybody else, so that means I wanted to be a thug. So through the help of these older guys, my mother's proud, and uh, uh, much guidance, much guidance, because I found out when a boy don't have his father, it causes him to act a fool because he needs attention. I have a grandson like that. Oh, he do everything because he wants his daddy. My son doing what he chooses to do. So that makes Papa. Papa, can I come over? And I have two or three grandsons that calls me, Papa, can I come over? And I have to go and get them boys and bring them over here because just to have that, to have that face from a man telling them, boy, what you doing? Come in and sit down. Come in and do this. Come in. They need that structure. You needed it. Whether you male or female, you need that man's voice. I don't need a man. I can raise these kids by myself. You can. Mother did it. You can raise them by yourself. But it sure helps having a father when his testosterone starts messing with him and stuff. Somebody needs to explain to him. I want to be like my sister. <laughs> My little nephew was sitting in the back seat just, just, just talking to him through the phone. Ah, what's wrong with him, Patricia? Oh, I think of, uh, um, I think his, uh, uh, sitting in that car seat, uh, his, uh, uh, just underwear is just too tight on him. 
I told him, get that boy some boxes and put him on him so he can be able to flow. You know, you can't have him all crunched up back there like that. But I laughed at him, and I told him, I said, uh, uh, Christian, Uncle Rob going to come down out of Dallas. I'll be up there, and uh, I'm going to fix that problem for you once in a while. I'm going to just cut a little off, and you be. <laughs> Y'all look over me. <laughs> Thank you, Father. It's all right to have a little laugh every now and then. Am I right about it? Yes, yes. We too, we wind it up. We are wound up too tight, and we are messed up people. But if we can laugh, laugh it off, get used to laughing, I promise you, you're going to be all right. Hallelujah. Amen. Last uh, uh, Yesterday morning, we ended our program talking out of the book of First Peter. And we had a, a wonderful prayers that we prayed. Uh, we have a prayer here this morning. We want to break, break curses. Hallelujah. According to Psalm 109, we want to break every curse this morning. Hallelujah. We need to renounce all of the things that we've done and uh, our ancestors, hallelujah, have uh, done all these things. I was, I was yesterday looking in the book of 1 Samuel, the fourth chapter, and I was looking at Phinehas. I was looking at how that the woman of God, her husband died, her two sons died, and now she was pregnant. And when she learned that the Ark of the Covenant had been taken away by the Philistines, she gave birth to a boy. And when she gave birth to that boy, the nurses tried to cheer up and told us that here's your child. She she wouldn't so much even look at the baby. She wouldn't touch the baby. She spoke and said, name him Ichabod. Name him Ichabod. And I always thought that, that just the name Ichabod just meant, and it do mean that the Spirit of the Lord has left. And when the Ark of the Covenant had left Israel, she had no more hope. Her son was dead. Her husband was dead. Now his she is bringing. She said, forget this man. So she died too. So at the birth and at the word that she had received this child, she didn't even touch the baby. She didn't even look at him. She just said, name him Ichabod and died. Ichabod means that the spirit of the Lord has left this place. A lot of churches this morning, uh, the spirit of Ichabod is over the door. And they're having church and going through the motion, and no spirit of God at all, ain't no dwelling of his spirit in that place. Am I right, somebody? We don't want the spirit of Ichabod. Absolutely, absolutely, Apostle. Hallelujah, glory to God, and I thank you, Lord, too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. There are so many ministries are dry this morning, and they cover it up with that good old worship music. They cover it up. Somebody told me last night I was ministering to an older guy, and he said, you know, churches would have funerals, and the preacher would tie the family up, have them running all over pews and stuff. I said, that's not the way uh, a funeral procession is supposed to go. That's not... That's not the, the funeral have no business being all wild. You're supposed to comfort the family. 
you know, and one of the comforting scriptures found in First Thessalonians uh, 4.13. Brethren, we are not ignorant concerning those that have fallen asleep, but the Lord will bring with him. And he's saying comfort the, you know, so many comforting scriptures. If I had to preach and do a eulogy, you know, I would, I would probably start off saying, in my father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't tell you. I'd go to prepare a place. I mean, you know, you have to let the people know, and then you turn on the hypocrites and the sinners. But first you comfort the family. Then you do like I did. I just rolled my father's casket back against the wall, and I turned on the people. And I said, well, Robert Anderson Sr., it's done. His work is done here on earth. Now, he has an assignment that no one else can give him but the master. And while we're alive, we need to hear those type of words this morning. We need to, we need to only hear preaching that's going to help us draw nigh to him because with us all sporadic and all over the place, with all these different messages going over our head, you know, you need something going to go right down in your soul this morning, something that's going to prick your ears and cause you to want to have more of what you're hearing or go back to where you've been and get some more of what you had. So I'm grateful this morning. I'm grateful this morning that uh, uh, the Lord is teaching me what he wants me to speak. And this morning... We're going to look at living before God, our Father. Living before God, our Father. First Thessalonians, no, First Peter 3 and, and uh, 13. Therefore, gird up the lungs of your mind. See, we've been girding up everything else, but you say, get your mind in check this morning. Gird up the lungs of your mind. Be sober. And rest your hope. Rest your hope. Don't be lying and tell my, I hope that, uh, you know, I, I'm telling you, girl, I'm about to lose hope. I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of waiting. He said, let your hope rest. Rest your hope. He wants you to be sober in your thinking this morning. He don't want you asking everybody what you think about me. Girl, do you think? Do you think, do you think? I don't need you thinking for me. I need to learn how to rest my mind this morning and let my mind be sober so that my mind don't have me all over the place. Girl, I had a bad thought. I had a dream. Just because you had that dream, that don't mean that that dream was meant for you. That dream could have been meant for Sam or somebody, meant for your neighbor. But you want to take everything you hear and everything that you dream of and attach it to your own life. God going to give you what you need. The enemy wants to make you fake it till you make it. You don't need to be faking nothing this morning. You either yield or you ain't. You either do or you don't. You either will or you won't. Hallelujah. They like this cup of coffee. I fix it according to my specification, according to my taste. You fix it according to your taste. My taste, your taste are two different tastes. 
It don't mean that I'm going to drink your coffee. It don't mean you're going to drink mine. Because why? Because of our taste is different. So he says to us this morning that he wants us to gird the loins of our mind and be sober and rest our hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen, family and friends, I don't like to be religious about this Jesus Christ character because I know and you know, but all in the same token for centuries, we've been being baptized into Jesus Christ. If it worked for Grandma, if it worked for me, it'll work for you. We shy away from names. You know, we say, I'm, 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 I'm a, 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 a Muslim. I'm a, I'm a Hindu. I'm a Buddhist. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Presbyterian. None of these things are going to ever be heard of when it's time to stand. There's only one creator and sustainer of life this morning. And his name is Yah. Hallelujah. Some call him Jehovah. Some call him Yahweh. A lot of names, but still one God. He says he wants our hope this morning. He wants our hope to be fully rested upon grace. Grace is what you have attained, not because of who you are, but it's because the merit favor that, amen, the Lord bestowed upon mankind, he gave us an Abrahamic covenant. So, my friend, this morning, you may be in the wrong lifestyle. You could be, amen, doing something that's totally against the word of God. But because of his grace and mercy, hallelujah, that's been extended to you, he allows you, amen, to have a free will, meaning you can do what you want today. Now, Isaiah 59 say that his hand is not short this morning, that he cannot touch you. All I'm saying to you this morning, my family, friends, and listeners all around the world, is that I don't want you to become religion today. I don't want you to be a man caught up with all the charismatic ways of mankind. I want you to be caught up in him. If we're caught up this morning in the risen Savior, or if we're caught up this morning in the almighty, the all-knowing, the all-omnipotent, amen, the almighty, see, there's some that says mighty, but he is the almighty creator and sustainer of all mankind. Can I get a witness this morning? Hallelujah. Praise God. He sustained us time and time again. Hallelujah. If you ever rode in an 18-wheeler, glory to God, hallelujah, sitting up in the air looking out of that big window, there are many things you see. Uh, 
3 o'clock in the morning, you may see Bigfoot coming down out of the slopes out of Kentucky. Uh, you may see a pink elephant, 2, 3, 4, 5 a.m. in the morning, and you've been driving for six hours, and you need four more hours to drive, and you're a bit tired from climbing those hills, grossing out at 79.9. is just a few pounds from 80,000. And these companies, <coughs> excuse me, these companies would load your truck to the max. You can go outside at 80,000. We axed out on our front at 12 and a half, 12 and a half, 34, 34 is what we should axle. We should axle 12 and a half on our steering, 34 on our cabins, and 34 on our trailer axle. That's how we axle our weight in a big rig. After 38 years of doing it, I got very professional. I didn't even need to hit a scale. I know how to load, how to tell them where to put that weight in. I didn't even know how many pounds that they got. I divide that tonnage up into my axle weight. I say, okay, put me four, four in the nose, and then come back about five feet and put me four right there and drop the other two on the back. And I got my weight axed out. I don't even need to go to the steel. The Holy Spirit will teach you anything you do and anything you need did this morning, hallelujah. You ask the Lord to show you. Don't just jump up and say, well, I'm going out and do it anyhow. He said he wants you to be sober in your mind, meaning in your thoughts. Hallelujah. And he wants you to rest this morning. The lady with the air conditioning problem, I told her, I said, don't worry. Don't worry. The Lord is working. I want you to operate in faith. You know, the Lord trying to build something on us today. And what he's trying to build on us today he tried to make us different so that when people see us, you know, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me last night, and the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, that when we suffer for righteousness' sake, he said, he got your back. I've been dealing with a lot of things trying to reach people, and it seemed like I'm coming up on the short end of the stick. It seemed like I want to just cut them off and tell them, hey, I don't need you. But the Lord spoke to me last night, and he said, all of that is going to change. Just keep doing what I sent you to do. We've been called to do a work in the earth for the Lord. We can't get angry at them people. That's not where we at. Because every time we go to them with our kind heart, I notice that as we begin to put forth our kindness, then people take kindness for weakness, and then they want to topple over you, even when you're working on jobs. You're doing what they call you to do. You're coming back. You're making a call in saying, hey, what you got? You know, I'm fitting to unload, you know, blah, blah, blah. You stand ahead of the game. These people want to send you to Minnesota. They want to send you to, uh, uh, to Maine. They know we people don't need to be down in Maine. You can't get a meal in Maine if you, amen, from the same culture I'm from. I can't change my culture and and put white paint on me or turn to another color. You know, so there's certain places, you know, that you're going to have to go to, and you may have to spend the night in that city, and you need to prepare yourself. Hallelujah. I'm talking about 
when you're moving around for the Lord and you're in the transportation industry. You got to be sober. And when you're sober in your thinking, you don't just fly off to hell and say, you, who are you talking to? You don't get all, you may get angry, but you're going to hold your peace this morning. We have to learn how to hold our peace. We have to learn not to be so quick to give utterance, but to take it in stride and to know you can't work for the Lord and you got anger issues. Uh, I'm just sick and tired of people. I've been sick and tired of people. But that's that's the only way to get to the Father is through people. Because the first thing he want to know is what have you done to enter into my kingdom? What have you done that I should love on you, bestow all this up on you this morning? What have you done? You know, the Lord is looking and looking this morning. He's watching everything that you do. Amen. He's watching how you come in and how you go out. He's watching the words you speak and how you treat one another. You can only work for the king with a sober head. He said, and rest your hope this morning. Hope. Hope is hope when you don't see it. But when you can see it and hoping for it, that's not hope. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, the 14th verse, it says, as obedient children, you are a child of the king. You need to be like the man that stood in line with this ticket. He had a child ticket. And upon approaching the officer, that the officer may read his ticket, he handed to the ticket, and the, and the ticket said, child's ticket. The officer said, this is a child ticket. He said, I am a child of God. So the man let him win because he told the truth. I'm a child of God. They didn't say what type of child the ticket was for. They just said child's ticket. So he being a child of God, he qualified to go in on that ticket. Ain't many places do it like that today. <laughs> they want you to present this child. And while we're talking about the child, they found the baby that the alligator yesterday down in Disney World, the alligator walked up and stole the man's child and took his child away. They cut about four alligators open looking for him. And after all of that, they found the baby. Uh... Our condolences go out to the family of that child. What a tragic it was to lose your child. But as we were talking yesterday, that the Bible, it talks about how that all these things will come to pass, but the end is not in sight, Matthew 24. It talks about how that the creatures, how that they too, you understand, we're going to start reacting. The child that got bit by the shark here in Galveston, Texas, they're going to have to do some work on her leg, but she's alive. So we need to really be careful. Be careful what you're doing. Watch your surroundings. Watch your family. 
Don't go down to Galveston and get out in that water. Many fishermen make their big mistake. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. I've been out in the water, the water just raising up over my neck. I'm out there fishing with all those shrimps and stuff stuck down in my pocket. The Holy Spirit said the reason people come under attack when they're fishermen is because they got that basket of fish swinging off of them. They got all that good smelling stuff for those fish and sharks, and they smell it. And when they smell it, they come in for a shark attack. So I stopped going out of the water. So I'm going to say, Daddy, we're going to go down to Galveston, and I'm going to go play in the water, and you can go out there and fish. I said, Daddy, don't go out there and fish like that no more. She said, why, Daddy? I said, because the Holy Spirit told me it's not wise to go out of that water and fish. So if I'm going to fish, I'm going to be fishing on a bank or in a boat. Hallelujah. So we need to be sober in our thinking this morning. So I thank the Lord that he has given us his spirit. So when you hear something in your spirit, you feel something, don't do it. Or if you say do it, do it. Don't wait and put it off and say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow may be too late. So we want you to be sober this morning. Hallelujah. The 14th verse says, as obedient children, not confirming yourself to the form of lust, as in your ignorance. The form of lust. That means the things that you look around and you see and the way you used to be, the things you used to do. Don't get caught up in the form of things. Now that you came to family, friends, amen, you ought to learn that, you know, it doesn't pay to even think about your old ways. Lord wants to be sober this morning in our thinking. Don't think evil about someone, even if they are evil. Why would you want to bring evil on the scene in your mind? Your mind is supposed to be free, cleansed of wicked thoughts. Your mind is supposed to be thinking on things that are holy and pure and of a good report this morning. He said it's ignorance. We can get ignorant this morning by allowing the former things of our mind. But the 15th verse, it says, but as he who calls you is holy. See, you was called not by a booty call, but by a holy call. We run around here all mixed up, don't know. You know, another thing that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about, too. These women ride around with these guys, and the music they playing is calling the woman B's and, and H's and, and slapper and all this, and she riding along with me. I said, no, 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 no. You tell that music playing fella, I don't care to listen to it, because as long as our sisters allow these men to play all that, low-down, dirty, sinful beats, then you are part of it, too. You're in agreement with that low-down, dirty stuff. That is low-down and dirty. When they brought in the hip-hop music, it began to work on the culture of our people. And that's what's wrong with our people today is because they've been so deluded and polluted, hallelujah, in their thinking until they don't even matter. Why would a man take a man's life? The young man died that was sitting on the porch that they drove by, someone drove by and shot yesterday. 
I mean, what's wrong with society? You know what's wrong with society? We're not doing our jobs as preachers. No one want to come in the church anymore, so take the church outside to them. You know, I'm going to start singling out me some churches, man of God, and uh, uh, I hope and pray you be off and come out with me. And I'm going to ask the preacher, could I please uh, 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 come get up on top of your church and preach? I'm going to preach from the rooftop. I don't want to preach in the inside of his church. I want to go preach out on the outside, on the top of the church. I guarantee you, if I get up on the top of that man's church and start preaching, I guarantee you we'll have more folks. And if it be hot on the outside, I'm telling them, go on over to the inside. I'm coming down. We need to serve the people this morning. We need to forget about all that offering and stuff. And let's think about the things that are holy and pure and of a good report. We're so busy trying to get the note paid on the church. We forgot that if the Lord allows you to build a church, he's certainly going to allow you to fill it. He's got to pay the debt. And that's how I live every day. I know the Father can pay your bills for you. I live on it every day. I live on his grace, his mercy every day. I sit three and a half hours with the air conditioner running yesterday while I took a family member to the VA hospital. You know, you got to be available. No, I didn't feel like going in the hospital. I was already in pain. But just because I'm having an episode don't mean that I can't step out of my episode and see about you. Oh, I don't feel too good. Then I had the lady with the AC problem, you know. Then I had the man I had to go to last night and minister to at 7 o'clock. I mean, you either going to be busy for the Lord or you too busy for anything. Well, you know, I got to take care of my... Yeah, I understand that. But he said that he needs for you to rest in his hope. If you're going to hope this morning and then go out there at the same time and beat yourself in the head to where you can't even get to service, amen, in the week, the Sunday, the Saturday, the every day, however, it's up to you. How you choose to worship, that's your business. But as for me, I'm going to start my day every day. You know, I was worshiping this morning. I sit and I worship about 30 minutes last night until my eyes got heavy. I woke up worshiping this morning. All I want to do is worship. If God wants me to go out there and hit a lick at a snake, then he better try to get the snake and the licks to hit because I'm not doing nothing. If I don't work for the king, he's going to have to work for me. And he works for me too. He keeps my mind. It keeps my mind in a place that where if there's anything that needs to be done or somebody come to me and they urgently come, I don't need to jump up all of a sudden. I used to jump up and run. He said, you're not God. He said, your hands are tied. He said, my hands were tied, meaning that I don't want you to go over there and play my role. I am God. And there's none other can do what I do. You need to go rest somewhere. And I say, yes, Lord. They called me and said, Bill Anderson, are you, uh, are you coming? I said, I just was going to give you a call. I'm not able to make it. Oh, I really need, and I'm listening now, I really need you to come by because I said, well, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that the Lord can unction me. If he can strengthen me, you know, I'll be there. But if, if, if not, you know, the Lord got a plan. And that's what the deal is this morning. A lot of times, 
we want to go and help and want to deal with something you have no business even dealing with. Let them come to the Lord. The problem is, is that they don't have a relationship, not all the time. Sometimes the people become weary and they need uh, uh, they need someone to come and to, to aid them in their uh, uh, dilemma. Hallelujah. I'm grateful this morning. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all conduct. So you can't be out here for no anything Tell my God is a forgiving God, but I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. 16 says, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Now, if the Lord is holy, and he says here that you can be holy also, because of his holiness, you can have some of it too, then we need to believe this morning. We need to believe this morning that we can walk in the fear of the Lord, having our conscience, amen, under subjection, when we don't say and do the things that people do. And he says in the 17th verse, I'm coming on down, I guess I might walk over 20. And uh, um, we'll pick up the rest of it. Uh, and if you call on the Father, who without partiality judge according to each one, adjust yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Look what he says right here. He says, conduct yourself throughout the times of your stay here in fear. So he let us know right there that this place is not your home this morning. You say you need to conduct yourself in fear while you're here. While you're here on this planet, this earth, you need to fear and reverence the Lord. Hallelujah. You need hope this morning. Our hope, amen, has, uh, 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 has been weakened because of the corruption around us. Hallelujah. We need this hope for the Father this morning. We need to hope in the unseen. He said that. It, it has a lot to do with our conduct this morning. Uh, 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 uh. You need to keep your conversation holy because it is written, Be holy for I am holy. And if the Father, and if you call on the Father, who without partiality, says you got to call on him. But then he said you got to have clean hands, lifted holy hands. You can come to him just like you are this morning, calling on him, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And then begin to thank him. Lord, I thank you. You're not going to feel his presence until Thanksgiving comes. When you begin to praise him, hallelujah, the angels of the Lord will come in and encamp right about you. But all that prayer, oh, God, have mercy, God. We need you, Lord. We can't do nothing without you, Lord. Oh, God, move by your spirit this morning. Mm-mm. Lord, I thank you this morning. I thank you for the move of your spirit on my life this morning. I thank you, Father. I'm healed, God. Regardless of what the doctors say, I believe your name this morning, and I present myself a living sacrifice. Holding him, you know, you got to talk to him. You talk to God and give him back his own word. He gave you the word, now you give it back to him. Say, you promised me. You promised me that you were not going to hold no good thing from me if I'm walking up right. 
Lord, if I'm not pleasing to you in your sight, then show me where I err at that, amen, I may be forgiven, that you may cleanse me of my unrighteousness so I can live holy, pure, and true. You got to know how to talk to the Father this morning. He wants you to know so you can teach others how to talk. How are you going to teach somebody how to pray when you ain't even praying the way the Lord say pray? Hello? We got to learn how to pray this morning. So many churches spend a lot of time begging God. Oh, God! Hey, God! Oh, yeah, hey! Hey! And that's how they sound. Hollering at God. Hey! You say, yeah! Like he opened a barrel or something. He's right there. The Bible says he's nigh in you. Hallelujah. He ain't a long ways off. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Knowing that you were not redeemed, he says, uh, 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 according to each one's word, conduct yourself uh, through, throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Everyone's word. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct. Received by tradition from your father. He said, your fathers and them might have wore all them, all that gold and stuff around their neck, like if that gold and all them crosses and stuff mean something. He said, no, sir. Don't do what your forefathers do. Take all them old big old crosses off your neck. Don't look like Mr. T. He said, all that stuff ain't nothing but stuff. Ezekiel 7, Ezekiel 7 and 19 he said, they're going to cast their silver to the street, and because of their iniquity, their gold ain't going to save them. Well, they ain't going to save you, no, huh? The problem is, is that you need to know where these scriptures are at so you can take these scriptures and you can say, uh, Lord, let me start trying to do something with all this gold and silver. Let me sit it down at the Apostle Anderson and let him take it and, and set it or do whatever he want to do. I don't need all this gold and silver. You sitting right there with a bank account big enough to choke a mule. What are you gonna do with all that money in the bank? He told you not to store up your money. You know, do not make 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 enemies out of your family members. I'm gonna give uh, I want to give you Rodney uh, 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 this amount, and I'm gonna give you Sarah that amount, and we're gonna give him it, and we're gonna give him the house, and we're gonna give him the car. No, 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 no. You ain't doing nothing but creating a bunch of problems. A whole bunch of problems. All them sons and all them sons of mine. If they ain't partake of what God has given me today, huh, God forbid that I don't open my eyes tomorrow because I don't aim to give them nothing. If they have not showed, you understand me, if they have not showed me that they're going to be good stewards of, of the inheritance that I have for them, they will not receive an inheritance. Why would you give an inheritance to a squandler that's going to squandle the inheritance? I might well give that to somebody. I might well give it to some of the people online. I ain't giving them nothing. I might well reach out there and say, hey, look, brother, I want to give you this van. I want to give you this truck. I want you to have this car. I want you to have that car. Honey, do you want anybody to have? You know, that's the way it has to be in my house. Now, however you do it, that's your business. But as for me, if my sons are not showing themselves worthy, why in the world would you go and give them that $20,000 when them rascals can't do nothing worth 40 dollars or go down there and uh, 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 buy him a hat, buy him a Dallas Cowboy hat for $38. That's all they're going to do. But no, sir, you get you don't get the $40 this morning for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling it like it is. And that's how it really, really goes. 
why would God want you to waste your substance with someone with a wildest living lifestyle? It's not it's not spiritual. Don't do that. Then if you weren't redeemed with the stuff anyhow, from your aimless conduct. Can't even don't even have a don't even have a straight aim. You are aimless in your conduct. Amen. Received by the tradition from your forefathers. You still wrapped up in what your daddy used to do. But with the precious blood of Jesus, hallelujah, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in the last time for you who, <clears throat> who thought him believed, who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. That's it. <laughs> Excuse me, that's it. Our faith and hope <laughs> is in God. And since this verse of scripture is so short, <clears throat> I'm gonna let let Mr. Sharp come. Amen, because I know he always got a spin on something and he'll forget. I feel in my spirit is something that he wants to address. So I'm gonna let him address it before he forgets what he has. Hallelujah. Come on, Mr. Sharp, and address that thing that you had in your heart. Uh, yes, sir. I uh, was uh, reading up June 1 this morning. That was another warning. Yeah, I, know you know, I know you know that passage. Uh, uh, June 1, they uh, sent out a warning about everything drying up and devastation that takes place. Uh, so that's what God had laid on my heart. June 1, the whole chapter. I don't have any fun because I'm on the you know, That's okay. But, uh, that's what I was thinking this morning. God was talking about the airplane. There's a, uh, something going on in the air, man, that, 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 that the veil has been lifted, or the veil is in the process of lifting. I think it's from a lift already because if you see all around the, uh, the world. Minister Sharp, I'm, yes. I'm sorry, my brother. It, it, it's not coming clear. Because I don't think the phone is, is, is adjusted right by you. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, you, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on around the, the, the world. Volcanoes are erupting more. There's more fire, brush fires taking place. Uh, there's even places where land has disappeared from the waters washing it away. Uh, birds just falling out of the air, dying. I was watching some of the videos yesterday. You can pick it up on YouTube. Uh, they got a series of them. And, uh, it's, just, it's just crazy. Uh, but it's happening. And the start of it was, uh, it, well, it's been happening, but it looks like it's been picking up more so um, at the beginning of 2016, January 2016. I looked at um, all around the country, Switzerland, Turkey, uh, uh, Italy, just different places. And you can just see devastation, so, uh, and it's going to be more, uh, and this is what that young lady was talking about as well, um, uh, she's saying that if you're on a lower frequency, uh, with unforgiveness in your heart, uh, you've been doing people wrong, you've been doing all kinds of evil and wicked and immoral things, you can be ready to get your act together because uh, because of the bill being lifted, you got these beings that are weak, that are going to be coming from out of the spiritual into the physical and you're going to be hearing voices, you're going to be saying things, et cetera, et cetera. He said it's happening 
I believe what she's saying. I'm, I'm a witness on because I had some people tell me they've been hearing voices, they've been seeing things, blah, blah, blah. So it's happening. Say a And I'm good with that. You still there, Apostle? I had fallen off the line, and I just called back in. Uh, thank God that I'm always closely watching. Uh, yeah, uh, the size of the time, you know, but you got to think about it, man, because people can't see the size of the time because they're so busy, they're so busy looking at the corruption. So they don't, equate, they don't equate this with the size of the time. They yes, don't equate sir. to see that the world is turning, and they're in the middle of it. And uh, all type of stuff is flying around their head. They don't see it that these that these are biblical warnings. You know, mm-hmm. I was asking in Matthew twenty four, where will all these things be, and what shall be the sign? You see, and he told them when you hear wars and rumors of wars, earthquake, famine, and men becoming lovers of themselves. You know, all this stuff is happening. You know, it's like the Spanish guy got on television. You know, I wouldn't have done it like he done it, but I ain't saw it. I'm going to try to look right. for that. Uh, but uh, they told me that he got on there and he really just went off and said that, you know, he ought to line them up and shoot them and stuff like that. You know, that's not godly. I mean, he just wasn't thinking from a spiritual standpoint. You understand? Right. He was, right. He, he, was, he, was, he was ministering from the evil and wickedness that it brought, you know, it brings about a spirit of, of wickedness. So even think that if the Bible tells you, you understand me, not to do it, and you're doing it, and then there's definitely consequences behind what you're doing. I mean, the preacher's got to stand up and say that the Bible said the wages of sin is death. The Bible said that your wickedness will pursue you. The Bible said yes, that sir. you're going to be turned in the other. You know, the Bible talk about what's going to happen. The Bible say that death will befell the wicked. So if the Bible is telling you, that all these things are going to come up on this land because of their rebellion, because of their disobedience. You know, men are going to the moon, you know, and sometimes our uh, spaceship gets a fire and blow up. I yes, think that if God wants your junk on the moon, he would have made it with junk on it. Why in the world would people carry junk from Earth and carry it up in the atmosphere? He okay. said, heaven is my home, and Earth is my footstool. So we got it twisted this morning. We think that we can make God. You see, we want to make God do what we want him to do. And it's not written. He said, for it is written. So whatever is written in the book, and that that the Holy Spirit asking you to know, it's all because he loved us, and he proved his love to us by coming down and dying on the old rugged cross. And mankind has twisted the script this morning. Want people to believe that 
You can live in it. Oh, God knows that we was going to sin. We're going to sin until he come back. Now, you're going to sin, preacher, not me. God knows I don't want to be sin. We bring it on our own self by time. Ain't nobody without sin. Yeah, but I'm striving for perfection. Ain't nobody perfect. But the word of God said, be ye perfect, for I am perfect. And then look what he said right there. You know, he just got two tunnels right here in the scripture. That what we need to do is to do what he said to Look what he says in 22. Since you have purified your soul and obeyed the truth. See, the soul man got to be purified. And then what? Through the spirit and sincere love of the brothers, love, love one another perfectly with a pure heart, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Why? Because the grass withers and its flower fades away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. It's been preached to them this morning. So whether or not they believe it, we have just finished the entirety of First Peter one from verse one down to verse twenty five, and tomorrow, if the Lord say the same, and I live, we will be in First Peter two. And the Lord has instructed me just to work with the New Testament on this side a little while, because I am not just an Old Testament preacher. I am an Old Testament preacher, but I have the old and the new. And the same thing that's written in the new is written in the old. And all it's about is trying to bring us back to him. We must come back to a heart of worship. You know, I love that song, I'm coming back to a heart of worship, because it's all about him. All he's trying to do is save somebody. And the only way somebody's going to be saved is he's got to save me first. Because he's going to use people to look upon you, Minister Sharp. So if the world knows you as doing any old loose thing, and then they say, but he go to church. So then they equate that the church got bad folks in it. Because if he can do all that that he do, and then go down in the church and stand up there and preach, then it ain't no different than us. And that's how they look at it. Man, that preacher can't tell me nothing. Man, I seen that kind of people the other day, man, trying to talk to my niece. You don't know what that man was doing with his knees. He's probably trying to, trying to help her. You don't never know what preachers do. I go down there on the red light district down there on Thunder now. It ain't like I'm standing out there soliciting. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even have me anyhow because they, they'll be saying, man, I'm not messing with that crazy preacher. That's that preacher man. that be blowing that horn out there, girl. And then you got some so wicked, they'll be glad to take the preacher down so that they can Stack that into their book of they, they, they book of memories of how that they didn't come against some of them with nothing but a device of the enemy, some of these men and women of the world. Just a device of the enemy. Work straight up for Satan. And that's everywhere you go, whether it be on the job, on the streets, up the street, at a grocery store. You know, you never know who you're going to meet or be greeted by in the world. But one thing about it, they know you. And far and starred with the precious blood of Yahshua. So I'm grateful this morning, man of God. I'm grateful for you being here. Amen. We certainly pray for uh, uh, Sister Freddie and the rest of the house. Amen. We we want to uh, uh, um, 
break this curse right quick. Uh, Heavenly Father, in the name of Yahshua HaMashiach, I break in and all curses placed against us this morning by witchcraft and command the curse and the spirit from them to return to the sender. Go on back where you come from. In the name of Yahshua HaMashiach, I break any curse of rejection from the womb or illegitimacy, which may be in our family realm this morning, even back to the ten generations on both sides of our family this morning. In the name of Yahshua HaMashiach, I renounce the great and I subjection from any ungodly soul ties to my mother, father, grandparent, or any other person, living or dead, who has ever dominated or controlled me in any way which is contrary to the will of God and the word of God. I thank you, Lord, for setting us free this morning. I also repent and ask you to forgive us if I have ever dominated or controlled anyone or some other person in the wrong way. Father, we thank you, and we renounce it this morning, and we give you all praise, glory, and honor, because we want to serve you true and holy. Hallelujah. To our great King. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've been having some beautiful experience. Some of them ain't been beautiful, but the Lord said that he wants to take all of our mess and he wants to use it as a blessing to somebody else. So I'm grateful this morning. Don't always feel like coming in doing what I do, but it's not in my feelings anyhow. I just got to do what he called me to do. It gives me great pleasure and joy to be before the people of God doing what he called me to do. Hallelujah. So, man of God, how was your yesterday? Amen. He fell offline right there. You know, these telephones and the connection is kind of, uh, kind of terrible sometimes. So we have finished First Peter, the first chapter. Tomorrow, if the Lord permits, we're going to start in First Peter, the second chapter, talking about laying aside all of the hypocrisy, laying aside all the malices and hatred, we got to lay it all down. We got to lay it down. Hallelujah. So again, we do love you. We thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you for the blessings. We thank you, Father, for being who you are. You are a good God. You are an awesome God. You are a wonderful God. And we love you this morning. We thank you this morning. We magnify your name this morning. You're so worthy, Father. You're so worthy. You're so worthy. You're so worthy, Father. You're awesome, God. You're awesome, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 